Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your hosts, James and Adara. Today, we are talking with a cozy content creator team, the minds behind Live, Laugh, Lorcana, Katie and Becky. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another week. Last week, we had a chance to visit with Lorcana villains. So if you haven't listened to that yet, check it out. At the very least, go check it out for the evil laugh. Uh, this week, we are talking with our friends from Live, Laugh, Lorcana, Katie and Becky. Hey, welcome, welcome. Hey, Hi. thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, I mean, you guys uh, are just like taking the Lorcana world by storm. So we've had to have you on. Um, so Adara, why don't you uh, kick it off with uh, the conversation? Absolutely. So I've had the great pleasure to meet you guys before and recording for Live Laugh Lorcana. So awesome to see you guys again. But I was hoping that you would both tell us a little bit more about like just the story behind like creating Live Laugh Lorcana. Like what made you guys want to do that and just like the process of that? Yeah, totally. Uh, so the podcast was actually my idea. Um, I had been playing TCGs for a while before Lorcana was announced, and I was like so excited when I heard there was going to be a Disney TCG, because I'm like, yes, Disney IP, it's going to bring in so many women. Um, <laughs> so I was really excited for that. Um, and then I think it was around the time that um, Gen Con happened and the pictures from Gen Con came out, and I was like... <laughs> A little bit disappointed because so many of the the pictures were like mostly male and I was just like imagining like a young girl seeing those pictures and thinking about playing Lorcana and kind of being like, I don't know if I'll fit into that group. Um, so I really wanted to see like more more female representation. So like I texted Becky like totally out of the blue. We never talked about her playing Lorcana before. I just like sent her a text like, will you start a podcast with me for Lorcana? <laughs> Yeah, and I I have no TCG background. Um, so I asked Katie, I'm like, do I need to know stuff? And she's like, no. And I was like, I am there because uh, <laughs> uh, Katie and I are very close, but we never really had like a thing we could do together. And like, she's busy a lot with work. I have kids. And so it's really just been like a thing we could do together, which was really special. And we've really been enjoying it. Um, we kind of came in with like no expectations because like, we didn't know what the show was going to be anything about that. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. I think, I think that's the best part is, is being able to do it together and the fun part. Uh, cause yeah, it's not sure. fun. Why are, why do it? Right. Exactly. I, I love hearing like these just completely random stories and like how people are so different in like their journey to come to create content. Like some people have like thought a lot about it and like written out plans and like tried to find people. And this is just a, Hey, want to do this? I love it. I think I think Becky's is the most unique because it's do I need to know anything? No. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and then there was the moment of panic when she said yes and I had to follow through, but <laughs> <laughs> So, uh as I mentioned that you guys are like really catching on with everyone and uh so a lot of people are really clicking with your content. Uh what do you think the secret sauce is? Oh, that's so nice of you to say. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but if I had to guess, um, me and Becky and our podcast, like we're very raw. Like I feel like we're a little rough around the edges. I think we keep it very honest. 
And like, if you look at most of the other like Lurkana content creators who are also wonderful, they're very polished. Like, it seems like they know everything about Lurkana and like, they just seem like experts all the time. Um, and I think not everyone can relate to that if they're like very new in this space. So maybe that's kind of my hope that maybe new people are able to co connect with our experience. And also, I think it helps that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I feel like the sister dynamic is very unique because um, we're not afraid to like roast each other or call each other out or like, and we feel like we can say anything to each other. We don't have to worry about stepping on toes. And, and I think, I think that makes a fun dynamic. It's yeah. a super fun dynamic. And I think the other dynamic that really plays off of that is the fact that, you know, Katie, you have some TCG experience and then Becky, you don't. Like, I love that dichotomy of, I think we get like both perspectives. Like, I think back when we recorded our episode, one of the things we had talked about was like the cost of competitive decks. And like Becky and I were like, oh yeah, like let's, let's do it real cheap. And Katie was like, um, you don't want to know how much I paid for my competitive <laughs> decks. And I, I love having that that mix of the experience and yet that sister dynamic brings it together and it's it's a lot more relatable because of that. Yeah, I think it's just fun listening to you guys, especially like you said, you guys aren't afraid to roast each other. It it does <laughs> sound like it's a it's a chance for you guys to just hang out and there just happens to be Lorcana content happening while you're hanging out. So I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people are enjoying listening to you and uh, connecting with you guys. Yeah. I also sometimes joke that Katie's like Conan and I'm like Andy Richter and I'm just like there in the corner like, yeah, and like throwing zingers. <laughs> <laughs> that's my main contribution. <laughs> don't don't undersell yourself. You <laughs> You contribute. Well, to kind of pivot away from content for a minute. Um, we we had the big announcement on the competitive circuit being a thing and a little bit more specifics, though we're still waiting on dates and stuff like that. So I wanted to pick your guys' brain about just like, what are your thoughts on the competitive circuit that's going to be starting for Lorcana now that we've had like a little bit of time to to think about it and mull it over since the initial announcement? So maybe because of all the hype, like on Twitter and social media and stuff like that, I think I was expecting like a big announcement where we're going to get like tons of details and all this stuff. Um, so I felt a little underwhelmed when it was just like a press release. I'm like, we'll give you details in March. And I, that was just totally like missed expectations on my part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's always, always these days, the announcement of the announcement, never right. the actual announcement first. <laughs> That's good to know, because I was just like, let's do this. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, sh I share those expectations, Becky. Like, I, I was like, oh, surely they're going to, like, announce it all in one big lump. Like, they they said they needed time. That's why they're waiting. Um, I, I definitely identify with the missed expectations there. To be fair, there was information. It just wasn't all the information. And it wasn't... Correct. It wasn't super detailed, but it was information. So, I mean, like, eh. <laughs> um, so now transitioning from competitive to casual, um, this this was all about competitive. And since the beginning of the game back in August, it's been themed towards casual, but it doesn't necessarily always been casual. So what would you guys like to see any changes to how like league plays 
or anything about the casual scene, uh, what would you like to see for that now that we have what we know the competitive scene is going to look like? I feel like I don't know what a casual scene would look like or like a fan event. Like maybe because I don't have much TCG experience. Like I don't I don't even know what my options are. <laughs> Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I actually um, have been thinking this about this a lot more like at the local level, honestly, because um, what I'd really like to see is more stores supporting two nights for Lorcana or like two types of events for Lorcana, because I think like competitive and casual players approach the game very, very differently. And um, we're, at least for our local scene, those groups are being kind of forced together. And I think competitive players have like a way of like naturally pushing casual players out. And I'm like not putting competitive players down because like, uh, to be honest, I'm more on that side. But um, I do think they can create a situation where casual players feel like, oh, I, I don't belong here. I'm not good enough for this. Um, so I think if we can, like, actually, if they can develop really good, like, weekly competitive events, then the the league can actually stay more casual, where people are playing theme decks instead of meta decks and, like, multiplayer more and, like, excited to teach new players. So, like, at least at the local level, that's what I, I would love to see. Yeah, I think multiplayer is such a big thing that's missed out on a lot of local places. Um, like... I I did my first multiplayer game. Um, I think it was actually right before we went down to Miami in October. Um, I just hadn't done multiplayer and I did it and I fell in love with it. Like it is my favorite way to play casually with other people. I think there's something about the multiplayer format, at least at like my local game stores, that like we we come together and all of a sudden it doesn't particularly matter what deck you're playing. We are all just kind of like excited to be in a group together and we're all like poking fun at each other. Um, and I, I think it's a huge missed opportunity that I I push for multiplayer games anytime I'm with other people at my my game store of like, hey, like there's three people here rather than like you having to sit out and wait for another person to finish. Do you just want to do a three player game? Um, and we've done, I've done three, four, and five. Um, five, five is a little big. Um, I think three or four is the sweet spot there, but I'd, I'd love to see more of that, like directly encouraged. I've never gotten the opportunity to uh, play multiplayer. And I always get excited when I see cards where I'm like, oh, this would be so good for that. And then like, I never get to touch them. <laughs> we need to like set up a webcam game. We need to get you to play multiplayer. <laughs> That would be anytime. I'm here for it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it sounds it's, good. It's definitely a problem at the local level. Uh, it, I've played at, I think it's five or six different stores in the area. And there's only one store that offers both a competitive day and a casual day. Mm. And so I think it's definitely something that needs to be looked at. But until I think the real competitive scene is actually up and running, I think a lot of stores are just uh defaulting to what their player base wants which a lot of them just want to build the best decks and and go for it there's and i think that this game is one that should be and is going to be bringing in more casual people and so i think a lot of game stores need to be cognizant of that and try and actually have the the space for those uh, casual players yeah and i i know we had talked about the fan events before um 
I I also have I have zero idea what those are gonna look like, especially with like their announcements related to the competitive side of things. I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to related to that, that like gives me hope as a more casual player is that it sounds like they're planning on um, at very least like the worlds in 2025 that like other people can attend it, even if you aren't playing in it. Um, So I think that has a chance to like appeal to a little bit more of the casual side, maybe not like, like, you're probably going to have to travel a far way to go to world. So you're not necessarily casual from that perspective, but like as somebody who struggles to feel like I ever have a chance of qualifying to get to something like that, like it, it gives me excitement that like I can participate in it in that way as well. Yeah. Same. I'm like so excited to go to worlds. <laughs> like I, I, I want them to start like announcing dates in ta- like <laughs> locations so I can start planning out like budget and PTO and stuff. I know. Right. It's, it's going to be a huge, huge event. So speaking of the casual scene, um, you guys tend to create content that has the casual player in mind. So how has that like been going for you both? Uh, that's funny. That's like a hard question to answer because I, I think you're right. We do create it with casual player in mind. We kind of like talked about what our target audience is and it's like women, minority genders, new players, casual players. Um, but I would, and, and that's actually why we created the Discord. Um, we have a Discord server for a podcast and a, a big part of that reason is because we thought people who liked our show would be people who aren't like comfortable in in normal TCG spaces. But it's so funny because like the majority of our listeners are competitive slanted males, <laughs> like probably over 50%. Um, but I think, yeah, um, it was a surprise. Like we, we've been really surprised at the people who listen to our podcast. But I think those people are people that really want to make a better experience for those groups. Mm-hmm. And like, we've seen that in the ones that have joined our discord, like they're always like the first to answer a new player question and they, they don't tell them to go look it up. They give like a very thorough, like kind answer, which is, which is really great. Yeah. I love our discord. Our, our, our competitive guys are such sweethearts. And I feel like they're such like allies to like, we want more diversity. We want everybody to be comfortable and we have like a lot of really good conversations in there. Uh, But I feel like also maybe if competitive content is not very accessible for casual players, casual content seems to kind of transcend the community. Um, So I feel like um, also competitive players have like mentioned to us that it's like interesting and beneficial for them to hear kind of quote unquote the other side mm-hmm. of, of and like how casual players are interpreting things and stuff like that i'm just uh shocked and uh like you guys run a discord jared and i talked about that and we're like we do not want that amount of work <laughs> <laughs> because we're like we have like he has like just because like he's not here he has a job that keeps him away a lot and he can't be at a computer so, I mean, that's one thing that uh, I definitely give props to you guys for actually running that Discord and having a place for people to come and and hang out and chat. Um, do you feel like a lot of casual players, like you mentioned that there's, like I said, there's a lot of listeners are the competitive uh, males, but do you feel like you're getting those casual players uh, seeking out your content a little bit more over time? And 
Um, is there something, maybe other types of content that you would like to see that uh, casual players maybe would be able to latch onto? Um, yeah, I think, I definitely think we've seen more casual players over time. I think at the beginning, it was like almost all competitive players, even in our Discord server, but we've definitely seen like more casual players. Um, and I think that kind of like leads into like maybe competitive players seek out content more regularly because maybe they're looking to get better and, you know, so they're taking in like anything they can consume. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely love to see more casual content. Uh, as for what I'd like to see with casual content, I'm thinking about um, for Magic the Gathering, there's something called game nights where it's like they they play like casual games, multiplayer games of Commander. And I say casual because it's usually like, it's like theme decks. It's not like meta decks, but they'll have all these like interesting edits and they'll do like, like voiceovers, like almost like a reality show, like, <laughs> like telling them how they like feel in that moment. Like, I think that's super fun. I would love to see something like that. For sure. Um, I consider myself a casual player and I do not listen to much competitive content, like at all. Uh, my favorite <laughs> sort of thing is memes. I feel like memes also, everybody loves them. Competitive, casual, we can all enjoy that. Um, and I feel like uh, on, I feel like short form video media, like TikTok reels and stuff really are are really, really good for, for casual content. I feel like uh, Rebecca from the Illuminary, she like is the peace day resistance of oh, that's not what I'm looking for what am I looking for she's like the, pin the pinnacle of what casual content I really feel like is you know yeah pushing pushing out the the fun side of the game and making sure people know that it's a game yeah. <laughs> play without having to worry about getting knocked down like by the the meta deck I mean, like I said, a lot of people don't even go out and search for that content, so they may not even know that there's stuff out there to help them enhance their enjoyment of the game just by looking up like, okay, I have these cards, what's the best way I can put them together just so I can actually have, you know, not feel bad playing the game. Um, so, I mean, there's, I don't even, like I said, there's, how do you get that into the mindset of people who are casual players? How do you get into their, into their world? uh to let them know that there's this content that they can they can see to help them out in that even if it's just to help them out to play the game in maybe in different formats or like you said in the game nights where you can give them ideas for you know play a four-player game where everyone their key card is like a different princess or whatever it may be i mean there's got to be something that uh that as content creators we can do to direct them and and reach out to them but i'm I, like I said memes and short little videos and uh highlighting the art because i know everyone loves you know pretty pictures so highlighting the arts one way that we can get that out there and i mean there's there's a lot of things we can try but uh you just have to get into those those worlds where people may see it and they're like oh i'm interested in that and then find people like you guys who are like okay here's what the casual scene is like but i don't know really what other ways we can do it until really honestly Ravensburger starts advertising and Disney start advertising the game more to where more and more people see it that are not just like zoned in on the TCG space. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Because if you look at the YouTube videos that have the most views right now, like they're all like meta analysis and tech techs mm-hmm. and like that kind of stuff. But that I do think part of that is just a reflection of most of our community is more competitively slanted right now. So that yeah. should, that'll change. I have to think so. Cause again, you know, they're not advertising. So unless you know about it, you don't know about it, <laughs> you know, like unless you were hearing about it in a competitive environment, most likely like you don't know it exists. So I'm hope I'm hoping that will change as well. And we'll get like a nice influx of casual players. And, and honestly, I mean, really with the only going to conventions and stuff is nice, but again, those are conventions geared towards game players, usually hardcore game players, uh, or at least semi-serious game players, not casual game players. And the only convention that they went to where, uh, there was a lot of, you know, non game players was D 23 and no one could get the stuff. So you know, I mean, it was like, oh, hey, yeah, that's a thing I can make money on at D23. And and then when they didn't, it was like, you know, out of mind. They didn't think about it again, I would assume. So there was a lot of Disney fans at this D23 convention where it was just like, that's that thing over there. And then moved on to the rest of their day. So they definitely need to get it into into the minds of more Disney fans who are, who are not playing games. Now, I was just going to say, like like you mentioned before, like, especially Disney fans going to love the art. They're going to love that. They're going to love cosplay. I mean, like Disney bounding is huge. I just feel like it, that's for sure a great gateway. Oh, I can't wait to see how many people cosplay a D23 with, uh, it's gonna with look cool. Orcana card versions of yeah. characters. I can't wait to see people do that. Yeah. You, you need to ask to take pictures when you come across these people please for the sake of the community ask to take pictures of the cosplayers definitely (laughs) um but i was just gonna point out as well i think our like the lorcana community is definitely slanted towards competitive a large part because of the product availability um like i think the beginning product was essentially between the investors and collectors and the Uh, the competitive players because there was people who were trying to get cards to play in events that were being planned and stuff like that and so like your random person who's coming into the little local game store to maybe look at puzzles when they go to check out they're not seeing these Disney card packs hanging up on the wall behind the register because they just they didn't exist and Um, we're starting to hit a point around my area where like stuff is finally starting to sit on shelves. Um, Maybe not a bunch of cards, but like starter decks are sitting on shelves and the deck boxes are sitting on shelves. And so even just in the, the one night a week that I get to go to this one game store, like I hear people come in, they're not looking for Lorcana and they'll, they'll see the stuff and they'll ask, Oh, what, what's this? Like, that's that's Sisu from Ryan the Last Dragon or oh that's that's Elsa what is this and it's those kinds of things that are going to get those people to come in on the compet- on the casual side because like all of a sudden now you're seeing these you're asking about it and that's kind of your intro and then I think as people continue to come to local scenes you know like I love calling out content creators of like oh like if you're just looking for like some fun listens during the week like go listen to these people um also t- my favorite meme twitter account and i can't remember their handle right now but it's the googly eye cards um so first there we go friend of the show can you believe (laughs) oh man i love it i saw it like i love the flounder memes 
Jared, don't kill me. <laughs> the, Google, the Google glimmer, like the googly eye cards was just genius and I love it. And it's it increases my appreciation and enjoyability of the game for sure. I totally agree. I remember he pitched it in the Discord. And we're like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we didn't know we needed it, but we need it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I need to at some point collect the pictures of all of these cards as googly eyes like it's just it's gold it's gold <laughs> um so one question we always like to ask content creators who come onto the podcast is just what is a piece of advice you would each give to aspiring content creators um either in the Lorcana scene or just in general people who are thinking like oh maybe maybe i want to get into content creation um, i'd love to hear a piece of advice from each of you um, so I feel like we don't know what we're doing. Like we don't have experience making content, editing, video, anything. We don't know anything really. Um, so I have to say like, don't be scared. Just try it. Just like go for it. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's really like a fairly easy, um, entry kind of thing. Like just do it, just do it. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. Um, yeah, this this is the hardest question to answer because you guys have had so many good answers on the pod the last three weeks. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, what I'll say is try to find a way to connect with people who consume your content. So whether that's on Discord or Twitter or Instagram, just like getting the reactions, asking them questions, seeing how they're feeling about things will like give you so much information to guide your content. Like I'm laughing, James, because like, you 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 are like complimenting us from for running the discord like it is not hard to run the discord <laughs> the only person i've ever had to reprimand was becky um <laughs> <laughs> she like everyone in there is nice and wonderful like they're they're so friendly and like we don't even write our own shows anymore <laughs> they just ask us questions and we answer them like it's just, I, I didn't realize how impactful an online community could be until we started doing this podcast. Like, just so just any way you can take advantage of the great online community, do it. Yeah. So what you're saying is we should start a Discord. It's, I, I'd recommend it, honestly. Oh. Well, Jared does have his Twitter that, uh, you know, everybody interacts with. So I think... I mean, that's pretty good. And it's true. And he does all the work. So I'm happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask about is uh, you're both competing in the Glimmer Gang's Glimmer Gauntlet. Are you guys like prepping for that? Are you just like, whatever, we'll play it when we get there or or what? What are you guys doing for that? Great question. So just for anyone who doesn't know the rules of the Glimmer Gauntlet are you can only use rare or lower and you get like a signed in ink pairing. Um, so the main way is once I get my ink pairing, I'm just going to play as many games with that ink pairing as I possibly can, because I think there's a lot to be said just for getting reps in and like knowing your deck really well, because um, then those like decisions become second nature. Um, I, but I'm scared though. I'm not going to lie. Cause it's like most of the people I'm going to be playing against are going to be using super rares in legendaries. So it's like a meta I'm totally unprepared for. Uh, I might try to get my husband to play test with me, but yeah, it's going to be hard. Wait, they're, they're all going to be using rares and lowers too, right? 
not if she's doing yeah. reps like, not, not the testing though or yeah. with other yeah, people like people well, are I mean, not gonna just ask for ask for people to do custom games or something on the discord right see if yeah. people have time i don't That's know if we're allowed to but we should ask <laughs> so I, I know our pairings are, or like our ink pairs are supposed to be secret what are you doing to prepadora <laughs> I, I will say um, the the ink pairings are not public yet. That's going to be part of another announcement. Um, I I've I've I, this is so bad. I've honestly just been sitting here thinking like that's that's what I've done to prep so far. Um, I think the biggest thing besides like kind of keeping an eye on like what is my card pool that I can pull from um, with rares and lowers, especially like as we get new cards revealed. Um, I'm definitely paying attention to when they're a rare or lower card. Um, I think the other thing is, is I love to, I like to try to have all the information, which can lead to difficulty as our card pool continues to get bigger in a TCG. I can't think of like, oh, well, what cards could this person have that I need a counter to? Like, I can't do that. However, it is totally doable for me to look at what super rares and legendaries are not going to be able to be played in the format. Like those are huge. So like thinking that like if I'm playing against a steel pairing, um, steel can't use Tinkerbell, um, the Tinkerbell giant fairy and steel can't use whole new world because whole new world is also a super rare. So two of like the meta cards for steel right now um, are like out of, I don't have to worry about them. And so I kind of want to know like what are those like heavy hitters that, you know, a lot of those meta decks currently play that are those super rare or higher because those are going to be like the big things that like if you don't have to work around those, that could lead itself to strategies. Um but I'm going to spend most of my time building my deck most likely. I am not super familiar with deck building, um but I'm looking forward to getting a chance to do it once we know all the set 3 cards. For sure. Um, cause I, uh, I, I've built about three decks and each one kind of like leans into something specific and I, I just need to play more with it, but it is okay. I feel like last set we got spoilers, 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 like very early. And now that I need them, they're not coming. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> cause the, the new set comes out like two weeks before you know we have to play our first game and like in a month like it comes the next set comes out in a month like do you yeah. like it's the 23rd of february it is about a month away yeah it's uh i'm gonna be scrambling i don't know i don't know how it's gonna go <laughs> so you guys get to use new cards in the decks yeah yeah it's up, oh, up through set three that makes it interesting it does it's what they picked their dates around so it's the the dates were chosen specifically to include set three Wow, that's going to be rough because, like I said, if not, not a bunch of cards are revealed by that point, then only those uh, inks that have some locations are going to be able to use them if they don't have a location in every ink. Hmm, interesting. That's going to be yeah. so for some fun. Now, of course, so many of the, the key cards for Ruby Amethyst deck are all rare and lower. So I wonder if they're actually going to avoid giving anyone the Ruby Amethyst pairing. Somebody is going to get it. Somebody. I know. Well, like, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, is Ruby Amethyst still OP even when you take out <laughs> Super <laughs> Rares and Legendaries? Yes. It's still viable. It what is. Crap. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, all the all the all the the key cards you need just to do the loops and everything are are still there. So you just you just lose some of the the control stuff is all. You still have removal. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's no good. Whoever gets that is going to be like, I got it. I got it. No problem. And then you all have to beat them, whoever that is. I know. I like. Of course, we want to win, but part of me's like, um, if I lose to a really good pairing, I can be like, oh well, <laughs> not my fault. Can't be Ruby Amethyst. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's been awesome to see. Um, like I I was not expecting that you guys were going to be in it until they like announced it, and that just made like that that just totally warmed my heart because, like you said at the beginning, Katie, like being like I was at Gen Con and I was at those starter deck tournaments, and it was a little rough. Like I certainly wasn't the only woman, but like there was not a lot of people around there. The people hanging around there were mostly the competitive guys. And so like to see so many women participating in the Glimmer Gauntlet, it just warms my heart of like, yes, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, for sure. It's almost half and half, which yeah, a 50-50. We don't see that, you know, in the, in the wild. So it's almost like real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually representative of the population? <laughs> oh, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping a lady takes it for sure. Me too. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's get into the ending segments. Uh, we have a few new cards we can talk about, some really fun ones. Yes. Uh, we got, excuse me, we got the nephews. We got Huey, the savvy nephew, at two cost, two, two, with one lore and support, and the ability three nephews whenever this character quests. If you have characters named Dewey and Louie in play, you may draw three cards. That's fun. That makes that's a lot of fun playing playing a, a nephews and, and ducks deck. Yeah, I want to build that deck for sure. And then the next nephew, Dewey, showy nephew, at three costs, two three with two lore and support. Uh, that's all, no extra ability, but you know you get him into play, and of course, then the other ability takes effect. And then at four cost, it's like hmm, right on curve, interesting. Uh, Louis, the chill nephew, at 3-4 with 2 lore and also support. And so we have these that are 2-3-4 right on curve with some good lore, some support. And we've already seen uh, an Uncle Scrooge at 5 cost who, when banishes, lets you play an item for free. And all that support may make it really easy to banish a character. That's pretty fun. What do you guys think about the the nephews being released? Very excited about it. Huge DuckTales fan. Um, so super cute. The art is adorable. I love their abilities. Um, I would love a duck deck. And I mean, we have a blue Donald as well. Not like the best Donald, but a Donald. So, <laughs> so I, I very excited about that. Very cool. Yeah, I'm the same way. Now I love um making little mini games in my deck. So like the mini game of like putting getting all three of the nephews out at the same time. I'm like so excited for it. Yes. So I don't think I Scrooge is Amber, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say you would lose Scrooge, but if you put it with Emerald, you would get the um the Donald and the Daisy that are in Emerald yeah. as well. So you could 
build out a little bit more of the duck deck with that. But sure. I was I was pretty excited about them. I haven't seen a lot of the newer DuckTales, like the reboot that they did. Um, I've seen enough to know that this is like the this art style slants a little bit more towards the newer ones than the traditional, which I grew I grew up on the traditional ones. Um, but I I love the art's just beautiful and I love the lore behind it as well. So we didn't say what their flavor text is, but like they're all referring to like these three crystals that it seems like they've tried to get that um oh uh Huey says this looks like part of a larger crystal. So I love I love the the, the little bit of lore there and it it looks like they're in this like ink cavern and I I'm I'm a sucker for the lore of Lorcana and so I love seeing how I think a lot more cards of this set have had more of that lore aspect to them. For sure. Yeah, it definitely is the more modern uh DuckTales art. Which is interesting because I feel like the Scrooge kind of is as well. But then on previous sets, the Donald and Daisy are a bit more traditional. So I like seeing the variety. Yeah. And, and people were looking at the the items laying around in their mm-hmm. in their art. And I know that uh, people showed screenshots of like the helmet in Louis is everyone's like, is this Tron or Daft Punk or something? And it's like, it's a helmet that uh, they were wearing in one of the episodes. And the sword behind him is also from one of the episodes. So I think it's just fun that they're throwing in things from the actual episodes, uh, even though these are Dreamborn versions. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Very All fun. right, we had one more card revealed, and this is a new location in Emerald, and it's a four-cost uh, card with six willpower and two ink cost to move a character here, and it is Fang, the River City, and it has two lore and the ability surrounded by water, characters gain ward and evasive while here. So what do you guys think of this card? That is spicy. And as a rare, like, are we going to see super rares and rare legendaries? Because if so, I'm not ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Katie? Oh, it's so good. Like, it's I, I love Emerald. So I think it's, like, really, really good to be able to make things evasive like that. At the same time, I've played a lot of Ruby Amethyst, though, and I just keep imagining, like, crashing Maui into it immediately, which is kind of sad, but still very excited for it. But, I mean, you play some Ruby Emerald, and you can play this for free and move Jim Hawkins there for free. And he then gains Ward Invasive, and he's a 4-4, and he has two lore. So uh, there's going to be some ways, I think, that locations are definitely gonna gonna change up the game a bit and like i said maui can just go right into any location we've seen so far and just take it out without any hassle but that means their maui is being used for something besides taking down your characters that can quest for some lore or sing some songs or whatever they need to do so i mean you kind of trading off here it's just one more option you have to do some things in the game which i think is pretty fun yeah for sure and i, I like think to... go ahead I was going to say, and I think Emerald has the new Peter Pan that we saw. Like, this was like one of the first reveals that he gains when he moves to a location, he immediately gains the lore that that location would gain. So, um, like that, that's looking pretty, pretty good. (laughs) And you know, there's going to be other characters that will be able to do that or actions that will allow you to do that. I mean, we usually see that some act. There's always actions that have some similar abilities to abilities on cards. So, I think we got some of those coming. 
Nope. Gonna be fun. Uh, okay, so are you guys up for some Disney Jeopardy? Oh, yes. yeah. All right. So I tried to make these actually increasing in difficulty, and sometimes I get uh, a little over overboard and make some really hard ones, so we'll see how this goes. So here we go. I reviewed them. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, check these little... out, please. Um, all right. So uh, you guys can both like talk about it and then give your answer. So you guys can, this is a cooperative uh, Jeopardy here. Uh, so this is the character for 100. This is the character that sings When You Wish Upon a Star in Pinocchio. I mean, Katie Jiminy Cricket, right? Yeah. Who is Jiminy Cricket? Yes. Correct. All right. For 200. This is where the seven dwarves work in Snow White. Is it a specific million mine? diamond mine? Isn't that what it is? That what it's called? Is it, what is it, <laughs> well, what it's called? It's a diamond mine. Yeah. Yeah. What is a diamond? I would have accepted mine. mine. Oh, okay. What is yeah. mine? <laughs> like, does it have <laughs> a name? Is there a sign mine. I missed? <laughs> it's a mine filled with gems. Yeah, because I don't think they were all just. Were they were they different colors? I always see different. They were colors. definitely different. Yeah. yeah, I thought they were different colors, but in the song they say "Diamond Mine." I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and like the ones that I think it's Dopey like holds up to his eyes and makes yeah. like his giant eyes like those are those are diamonds. Yes. Yeah, iconic. <laughs> we're right. overthinking it. Go ahead. <laughs> For three hundred, everyone probably knows that Snow White is the first Disney princess, but this is the second. What do I need to think? Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella, I think. Uh, hold on, I have to think. Oh, no. You're right, but I can't remember which. Okay, hold on, Katie. We can think about this. Okay, I f no, think it Katie, out. We we're going to talk it out, okay? You <laughs> go for it. We're going to talk it out. So, uh -huh. based on the aesthetics, um, Cinderella is wearing a very 50s silhouette. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, and Aurora is not. But the 40s, Disney was kind of rough with like, you know, there were some weirdos thrown in in the 40s. I have to think Cinderella's before. Really? Okay. You think not? I would have said Sleeping Beauty, but I trust you. I don't trust me. You're an idiot <laughs> for trusting me. <laughs> go ahead, you, you say it. I'm going to go with yours. Who is Cinderella? Who is Cinderella? nice yeah that's correct I, I i wasn't sure if that one was actually going to be a really confusing one or not but uh but uh cinderella's in 50 and sleeping beauty is in 59 oh big gap so it's a, it was wow. a pretty big gap oh, all right my sister trust fall paid off there you go <laughs> for 400 the Princess and the Frog is commonly and incorrectly referred to as the last Disney 2D animated film. But this fifth adaption of the beloved children's story in 2011 is the actual last one. And that's the fifth adaptation of these stories done by Disney, not the overall fifth one done in movies. Is it a Winnie the Pooh? That's what I'd have to guess by the number five. I don't know what it's called, though. Do we need to know specifically? <laughs> Could it be the Heffalump movie? <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember when that was. I don't know. We were in college. We weren't in our Winnie the Pooh stage. What do you think? 
that's the best I got. Would it be the Tigger movie? Ooh, maybe. I can't remember which was first. I don't know. This is all you. You have to guess. Ugh, fine. <laughs> uh, what is the Tigger movie? So close. It is actually just Winnie the Pooh. Ah, dang it! <laughs> we overthought you- it again, Katie. We did. You were half right. Because you got the right uh, the right stories. Yeah. That's okay, crazy. This one... I would have never gotten that one. That's so impressive. I know. I, I I always thought Princess and the Frog was the last, you know, hand drawn Disney movie, but apparently this was. Yeah. Um. So this one is for now. Which one of you? I I heard, but I forgot which one of you just went on a cruise recently. Lady, oh, it's me. Okay, and you've been on multiple cruises, right? Yes, I got married on one. Oh wow! Nice. Ooh. So for 500, this is the Disney cruise ship with Rapunzel on the stern. We can think this through. Okay, Katie, the wonder is Ariel. The magic is, I don't know if the wonder is Ariel. I know the magic and wonder. One is Ariel. The other one is boop, boop. Could it be fantasy? I don't know this. There's only four ships, Katie. We can figure this out. There's (laughs) There's five five. ships. The new one is the wish and... We haven't been on it or know anything about it. Could that one be Rapunzel? Maybe. Yeah, that's honestly what I'm leaning, even you know though what? there is a huge t- uh, tangled presence on the magic. So I'm not sure. I can't be the magic or wonder. I feel like those were made, like those ships were built before tangled. You're right. Okay. I yes. think of for wish. It has the wish. What is the wish? That wow. is correct. Nice pocket it out there. Well done. All right. See, I wasn't sure if that one was going to be super hard or just kind of hard. So I think it was it the perfect should have been easy, but yeah. no, it was the perfect amount of hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I saw that one. I was like, um, I think this is the 500 question. Yeah, that, I had that at 300 at one point. And she's like, <laughs> move that one to the end. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank you both for joining us. This was awesome. And uh, why don't you let everyone know where to find you online? Um, be sure to check us out. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm doing like our extra. Um, we are we are on Instagram and Twitter at Live, Laugh, Lorcana. Um, we have a podcast. Uh, that's kind of what we're known for uh, on all your main podcast platforms. And uh, we have a Discord that we talk about all the time. So if you ever want to hang out with us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for having us. We're so sad we miss Jared, but you guys have been amazing hosts and thank you so much. Well, thank yes. you. Yeah, thank we you. really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, so uh, Adara, why don't you let everyone know where they can uh, they can reach you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at OCHEM102. Um, and on Discord, I'm Adara like everywhere. So ping me in the HQ, ping me in the, I am in the Live, Laugh, Lorcana Discord. So feel free to join and ping me in there. Um, yeah. How about you, James? Where can they find you? Well, let me do the podcasty one first. If you've liked what you've heard, click subscribe and follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jared at Citizens of Lorcana. We're available on YouTube and Spotify and all your favorite podcast platforms. And personally, you can find me at Dan Regal and you can check out Geek Shot Photo for photography links for my wife and I. And thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time.